Hey, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug. Did you know that I write kids' books? If you have children, nieces, nephews, I have books that are totally available for free or $10 on Amazon for physical copies. You can go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash kidsbooks to get access and learn more about that. Thank you for all of your support. Now let's get back to the show. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and we have a really exciting episode today. Um, Hopefully it's exciting. Is soundproofing, the difference between soundproofing, soundproofing and acoustic treatment, what the differences are and how they're both beneficial. So if you heard soundproofing and acoustic treatment, but you don't understand the difference, then this episode is perfect for you. Because there's a huge different and very different implementation. Excuse me, very different implementations and different uses. So let's talk about the first one, soundproofing. This is a really interesting one, very useful. Here at In the Mix Studios, we have we use and implement both. And you should, if you're deciding to build your own studio, or if you're trying to rent one and looking for different spaces or whatever, um, both of these things are some factors that you may consider. One soundproofing is something that's usually more built in where acoustic treatment you can have different things that you hang for example but soundproofing is more about keeping sound in or out of a specific area for example if a wall is soundproof through that wall there should be no sound coming in and out right there's limitations to this nothing's ever perfectly perfectly soundproof but you can get really dang close and more importantly close enough that you don't uh don't bother your neighbors, right? Or your family if you're doing it from home. Um, and you don't have to worry about any of that sound coming in or coming out. Uh, it's very, very useful. And it's it, that one's a little bit more difficult. It's part of the creation process of the building. Um, but you can create soundproofing um, in your own home studio, in your own space that you're trying to build out. Uh, and there's a few concepts with this that I want to talk about. The first being... Uh, the importance of air and mass. So air and mass are are really important. So you would think that in order to make things soundproof, so sound doesn't go through a wall, you just double drywall it or triple drywall it, put some acoustic foam in there, whatever it is, right? And just kill it. Uh, a lot of apartments have the, like regular, regular soundproofing stuff. They have this dense foam that you layer in between the walls um, or on the ceiling or whatever. 
and it's really heavy and it's and it's supposed to be this acoustic soundproofing. It doesn't really do much for the reasons I'm about to say, uh, but it does help a little bit. So there's two concepts. There's air and mass. So with air, we'll talk about like atoms and molecules. There's the atoms are further apart, right? And so with the vibration of of air with sound, each molecule that like transfers that energy over, they're a little bit further away. With water and liquid, they're closer, obviously. And with with solid things, um, the molecules are really, really close and vibration travels very quickly and very far. Um, That's why they say that when your head's underwater, you can hear sounds from a further distance underwater than you can just talking in the air, right? Uh, Air is actually the worst transmitter for sound, which is kind of funny because that's what we use every day with speakers and stuff. But uh, it's really like, imagine if we were just fish people and we listen to music underwater, it'd be a totally different experience. We do not need half the size of these amplifiers. That's, that's a wild random thought that I just had right now. But uh, I, I will say, uh, so when you build out a studio, one of the best ways to do soundproofing, right? Again, keeping sound in or out is to build a room within a room. So instead of just doubling up the drywall on this on the wall or like, you know, just adding an extra seat or whatever, you want to build a room within a room and you got to consider the space. For example, um, if you just double the mass of the wall, it's going to do a lot. It's going to do a little bit more and maybe you add that like that heavy rubber stuff that most commercial construction people use. Um, that's really nice, right? But uh the real killer of sound is air. So what you want to do is maybe double drywall, leave some air, put in some insulation, acoustic foam, which is just like insulation, right? Another layer of air, maybe as much as you're able and willing to, and then another di- double drywall. If you do that, there is no, there's very little thing, very little sound escaping. Like it's that's that's enough to have like commercial recording studio grade quality um, uh, soundproofing. Now, even with major commercial studios, you'll see like the glass in front of the the console, right? Into the recording room, in the live room, you'll see like the angled glass, which we'll talk about later with like reflection and stuff, um, with the acoustic treatment part of this. Uh, The angled glass, air, and then another different angled glass. Uh, That's also part of soundproofing. The more air and space that you have, like here in Studio B, the, the door, there's a door and then there's a little closet-like room, and then another door. If there was just one door, it'd be way less, there'd be way more sound going into the hallway, but the fact that it's double door, there's almost no sound at all going into the hallway. It's, it's incredible. Um, so you want to have, for soundproofing, you want to consider using air. So, yes, yeah, so if you have a large space, this will be nice because now you can build a smaller space inside, and um, obviously the sound may leave the smaller space. So if, if, for example, if you have a huge warehouse and you build a room in the warehouse and you have lots of space, outside of that little room, there's going to be a lot of noise, right? some noise. But outside of the warehouse, almost none, right? Because of all that air outside, outside of that little room that you built in the warehouse. So it's really important to implement air, but as well as like mass. Mass works too when you have heavy walls or there's a reason why that rubber soundproofing stuff works is because it's heavy. It's really dense. It's heavy. Um, and that helps too, but that, that itself is the misconception that alone won't really make soundproofing as much. So if you're really trying to go that extra mile, build a room within a room, you can YouTube this, you can Google it. There's lots of resources out there. And, and, and for the floor, you don't just have a floating floor, right? So it doesn't make sense. So 
the way you do it for the floor, the most common way to do it is with sand. So you, you, you create a base and you fill it with sand and you put the room on the sand. So if anything shakes the floor, the subwoofer is going really hard, it'll, the resonances will dissolve in the sand. It'll move the sand and kind of compress the sand there. Um, so it's really, really great. Now, this is really cool. Uh, I went to school BYU. If you've been listening for a while, you, you already know that. There's, it's kind of funny that I went to BYU. I, I don't know why. It's just not your stereotypical what you thought, what you think, right? But uh, uh, BYU is known to have, has a really great acoustic program, acoustics program, and they have the second largest anechoic chamber. Um, the, an anechoic chamber is something that you should just look up. It's kind of this creepy thing. It's, it's basically a room where they do a lot of product testing and things of that nature, more like experiments with audio and acoustics. But the entire room is super dead. Everything is just absorptive materials and there's no floor. You're standing on like, on like a fence, like chain link that doesn't resonate. That's made to not resonate. And it's underground and it's super soundproof. And it is, it is creepy how quiet it is in there. Like if you have tinnitus, you won't be able to hear anything. Like, <laughs> and if you don't, all you can hear is your heart beating and like the blood rushing through your ears. It's, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Um, you should check it out on YouTube. Just type in anechoic chambers and, and most, some of those videos about like, I would say about half of those videos are in the BYU, uh, in, in Utah the anechoic chamber. Um, anyway, so the anechoic chamber is underground, um, which does still have resonances because of, let's say, heavy construction. Utah has always has heavy construction. Um, so it kind of shakes the floor and there's this really low frequency resonance, right? But they built this concrete room in a box of concrete with lots of air in between. And inside is just absorptive material. We'll talk about acoustic treatment in a second. But it's just absorptive materials and there's no reflection points there's no reflective walls it's absolutely dead it's crazy it's wild experience to be in now i don't remember how many years ago this is but a few years ago they there was some construction going and one of the workers saw that there was this hole this this air between the wall and the actual anechoic chamber and while they're there like whoa what's going on so they filled it they filled one of the walls so that alone kind of ruined the entire soundproofing of the thing. Not so much that they can't do experiments anymore, but people were pissed and there was a lot of fighting words happening. And uh, it really hurt the sound. Like, it, it increased the noise floor of the room by a substantial amount. Again, not so much that they can't make experiments in there, in there anymore, but if there's heavy construction, they have to time it with the construction now to get the perfect quality low like quietness, right? The impossible to attain levels of quietness. Uh, it's insane. Um, so it's important to have walls, like room within a room, um, and soundproof. Uh, this is very important for, again, another application for recording studios. If, you've, if you go to a recording studio or more of like a facility with a lot of different studios um, and there's bleed, that's because they didn't focus on the soundproofing. It's just a bunch of regular walls and of course, it's not really going to block out the low end because low end can go through anything, right? And so it's important to do soundproofing, especially if you're trying to build one in your basement, you're trying to work late into the night and you have a family or if you're in a garage or in a, in a commercial building and you need to make sure that it doesn't bleed into the other offices, uh, soundproofing is important. Now let's talk about acoustic treatment, which is a whole other thing. I'm going to focus on two of these, which is uh, absorption and reflection or uh, diffusion, right? So, uh, what, 
this controls is not entering and exiting of sound, but more of controlling the sound within the room. For example, uh, we've all heard this where you're in the studio or something and there's just way more bass depending on where you're sitting in the room. Especially like, because can, it can go out of phase and you could be in this weird like null spot where there's absolutely no bass uh, in the room. And then you get next to the wall or in the corners, there's tons of bass. Um, that's because every single frequency resonates, bounces off the wall. So as you can see here, these black panels right here, this entire wall up here, you can't see the roof, but there's acoustic stuff on the ceiling, absorption on the ceiling. I have a rug underneath. There's a bunch of acoustic panels all around and on the ceiling, in the corners, everywhere. Um, this is more to help control the sounds of the room. So if you can tell right now, if I clap, there's no, there's almost no reverb. It's pretty dead in here. Uh, we call that dead, right? So it's pretty dead in here. Um, we've all been in that situation where you're trying to record um, especially more amateur levels and in a bedroom without any acoustic treatment there you just can't get rid of the sound that it sounds like you're in a bedroom and that's because that goes into psychoacoustics and like how the brain kind of translates the the reverb and yada 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 whatever it just sounds like small and and that's why these larger studios like united way or sense of sound or other larger studios um pride themselves in their big large rooms is because when you record something in a larger room and it catches those larger sounding reflections with with longer reverb times um it adds a sense of mass and like bigness to the sound that's why reverbs are so popular to put in artificially because it kind of gives this psychoacoustic sense of space that you're singing off a stage or that um or <laughs> singing off a stage or or in a big concert hall it sounds very beautiful it's very large larger than life and, and that's kind of the secret to it um so absorption kills the sound. So when, when frequencies hit the absorption, it goes through and it captures the sound. That's what insulation is for, usually Coing 70, uh, Owen Corning 703, I believe, or the insulation, right? Or um, Rockwell or whatever, right? So it absorbs the, the sound. But again, there's a misconception here too. Um, you, I think, I forgot what it was, but you need to catch a quarter or half of the length of a wave in order to absorb it. So for example... A 30 hertz wave is something like 36 feet. It's like ridiculously long for like a full cycle, right? And so you need to have a room of at least 16 or 18 feet in order to even hear that amount of bass in your room. So if you're in a tiny like 5x5 five five bedroom, you're not going to hear bass no matter how big your subwoofer is. And that's why in your car, it sounds and you have extra subwoofers in your car, you're going to hear a lot of bass, but the pe people that hear the most amount of bass are the people outside of your car because there's there's more space for the bass wave to develop. Anyway, uh, so the problem with these this foam panels that are so popular and so cheap right now is that they're really only an inch or two deep. And that doesn't do much. It, it captures a lot of the top end, so a lot of the really bright stuff, the harshest stuff, but it doesn't really do much with bass or low mids. And and it's incredible. So that's why with these panels, or the panels that I recommend, and again, air goes into factor here. So you can have a four inch thick insulation, but you built the panel or you buy the panel so there's two inches of space. Now you have six inches of absorption, which which captures a lot more low mids and low end than you than you'd think. And it's really helpful. Enough to for it to be considered a a base trap, but although that's a whole nother thing, and, and again, 16 feet, so let's say it's a quarter, seven feet deep, yeah, that's how some deep some of the ceilings are in these major recording studios, they're, they're dozens of feet deep, it's incredible, um, and if you're able to use that space and you have a large space, then it might be worth it, depending on what it is, uh, but uh, 
I would say that with absorption, these little these little foam things, and especially if they're like it says two inches, but then you get it and it's zigzag, and and at the lowest point it's only half like an inch, and at the at the longest at the widest point it's two inches. So really, the thing is only an inch and a half worth of acoustic insulation, like acoustic absorption. Like it's really not doing anything. So you want to have thicker thicker ones, right? And if you can, build it so the frame sits off the wall a few inches, so that way you, you can take advantage of that extra space, so now it becomes a little bit deeper without getting deeper insulation. Um, the second thing is reflections. Reflections is when sound bounces off the wall and comes back to you, um, which is what you're trying to kill with absorption, but there's also something called diffusion. Diffusion is, uh, you see this behind a lot of studios, it's like some like protruding protruding squares out of the wall or different cool different acoustic shapes and things um, it's meant to any sound that hits it it's supposed to then spread it out evenly versus the like if you hear if it hits a flat wall and it comes back to you it's all coming back at once in the same energy but if it deflects and diffuses and the sound scatters it makes the room sound bigger and more pleasant. It controls the randomness. The randomness of the sound is is very, very beautiful in psychoacoustics and how the mind picks it up. And again, kind of translates into the room feeling and sounding bigger. So uh, if you have a 100% dead room, that may be cool, but dead again is not the best thing. Dead is safe. Dead is really safe, but if you can have a larger or a larger sounding, a beautiful sounding live room, that's going to be more sought after. That's going to have a better sound. And then you can have a vocal booth that's totally dead if you really want to for those rappers or whatever it is that you want super dead. Uh, dead sound maybe even like with voiceovers, whatever it is, right? Um, but in a recording context, let's say with, with drums, as, as some of y'all metalheads know, like the larger the space is, the more reverb there is, the bigger and more massive the drum sound. But you can't have that long reverb without a great room. And it doesn't have to be a large room. Like if you're in a tile room, but there's a lot of deflective or uh, diffuse, diffusive surfaces, it's going to sound bigger and it's going to sound really nice. Um, in a room like this, we have deflect or diffusion over here with uh, like there's rock wall. Part Half the wall is made out of stone, which is like jutted out in different, in different ways. That's diffusion. Um, when you have things like if you're in a bare room with no decorations, no couches, no desk, you're going to have less diffusion and less absorption because even this couch that's right here in this room is absorptive. And this, this coffee table over here is diffusing and these guitars are actually, well, they kind of resonate. So that kind of ruins the point, but like everything is diffusing to a certain degree. So the less empty a room is as well. I mean, you don't want to be messy because when it's it's unattractive to clients if it's really messy and it makes it look sloppy. But if you're able to keep it aesthetically pleasing, like it's it's okay to have stuff in the studio. In fact, it may help with your acoustics and may help with the sound. So this helps you hear. The reason why absorption and diffusion is important is to capture the source to make it sound better for recording, but as well as for mixing, when you when you play out of your speakers, you want to hear exactly what's coming out of your speakers. You don't want to hear the room as much. You want to control that or or only have the room play with, with your speakers in a way that's uh, inducive to good mixing, to hear everything. Um, because again... without The reason why we use speakers and not headphones all the time is because there is something valuable about sound moving through space it's a different sensation than sound just going straight into your ear into your uh, eardrums so uh, it's important to get control of the room um in that sense so i hope i hope this episode kind of clears it up uh if you're watching on youtube feel free to subscribe and like the video i hope that 
if, if you want to see more stuff like this, we're going to do a lot more like this. Again, if you're listening on podcasts, feel free to leave a five-star review or put it on a playlist, depending on what it is, like it, whatever, follow, subscribe, whatever it is. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. One, two, three. Yo, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug about Antares and Autotune. Antares makes the original industry standard Autotune that we all know and love the sound of. We are sponsored by them, so if you visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash autotune, we do get a small kickback from every purchase. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please enjoy this episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.